0: This episode of Blue Shirt Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That is right. Go to Patreon.com/slash/Blue Shirt Breakaway today to get access to our BSBOT episodes. One last week, which was complete nonsense, and a lot of people seem to like. Uh, ad-free episodes, our access to our Discord, which is incredible, and a lot more. We are completely independent, so we are supported by our fans. That's how we continue this podcast. Appreciate you supporting us. On today's episode, we have our friend Rob Luker to talk about stats and info for the New York Rangers and this team being pretty good and how they handle it that. Uh, then we also have Greg and I talking about Philip Heedle's potential return this year or not return this year, along with um questionable right refereeing and a lot of good wins uh then we answer a bunch of five-star fun questions so hope you all had a wonderful new year we were back on the grind as they say rise and grind and uh here we go here's mark messier
1: hi everybody it's mark messier and you're listening to blue shirts breakaway the number one rangers podcast
0: Hey, fans, welcome to the week of the Bushwitch Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, recording on New Year's Day, the first episode of 2024, the Rangers are the best team in the NHL. The team is good.
1: Gregory, how are you? Can't think of a better way to start. The year of our Lord twenty twenty four. Then your favorite baseball player getting arrested.
0: I, I knew this was <laughs> going to be the open. I knew it. Look, uh, I I don't have a comment. I do actually. I yeah. hate that. I hate him. I hate. I hate the Rays. I hate. I, I, look, I have, I've had Wander Franco stock for how many years? So many. Like, quite, quite so a many. Bit. Like when he was uh, before he was even a top one hundred prospect. I was very interested. In him, in his success, and now he's under arrest. So there you go. So,
1: I mean, the, love sports. The thing, the thing you and Wander Franco have in common is that when someone was 16, you really liked them. Uh, I knew
0: that joke was coming too. <laughs> I knew that joke was. Guy was right there. It was right I, let's, there. Let's say
1: that. I, I mean, I, way back in the day, you probably remember. Some people probably also remember. There was. I think we did a bonus episode of me trying to wrap my mind around whether I wanted Jose Reyes to come back to the Mets. Because we of did. his domestic violence past and how th- I needed to square that circle with, you know, high school aged Greg, whose personality and life of revolved around a very special Mets team that included Jose Reyes and adult Greg, whose personality and life revolves around a Mets team that probably needed Jose Reyes or a player of that ilk. It's very complicated and it makes, it confuses your interest in the thing that you watch with sports because... On one hand, it is just sports. These should be easy decisions. This is not life or death. You should be able to walk away at any time. On the other, it, it's like anything else in life. It's passion. It's faith. It's belief. And it is a escape from other things going on. You should be able to enjoy the product that you I, have. It's
0: impossible for you to enjoy them right now.
1: Impossible. I, if, if it wasn't for Mark Grace's Slump Busters, I, don't, I think you'd call it a day on baseball. I truly do.
0: I think I would take some time off. Yeah, I really, I I, I really do. It's I, it's I, painful.
1: The and it's not like the Rays have really done anything to restore made your that pay. better. Like
0: they just got rid of <laughs> Glass now and a bunch of other things. But I do have a lot of faith in this Rangers team, which is a good good transition mm. um, to where we are now. I don't know if I've ever had more belief in a team than the team we have currently. And I want you to hold me honest on this. Okay. We've we've done it for eight years. I believe in the last year's team, but we, we both, and essentially we were very vocal about this, hated the coaching staff and hated a lot of the decisions they made. I, I think the vibes were off last year, maybe two years ago. It was sort of a surprise. The Eastern conference final run was like, wow, I can't believe we were miserable, not miserable through the playoffs, but it was every other night. Like, wow, another game, another seven game series. It wasn't easy. And the belief wasn't really there. This team seems different in every aspect. It's having more fun. It's winning different ways. It's not winning dirty. It's taking care of business a lot of single nights. Everybody is contributing up and down the lineup. And I, I'm not sure, it, outside of this particular moment, I've ever had more faith in the sports team in the last decade. Like, I can't I can't think of it.
1: Decades tough. Because um, I don't think... You and I were, we definitely weren't podcasting yet. The 2014-15 season, the President's Award season where Zook gets injured in the playoffs. We
0: started the podcast the next year. Yeah. We started November of that. No, yeah, next year. Yes.
1: I do think that team was boringly amazing going into the playoffs. And again, you, you don't just win a President's Trophy on accident. They were clearly the best team in the regular season, had the most points, blah, blah, blah. You go down the line. At the same time, that was so long ago. I mean, it's twenty twenty four now. That's ten years ago. That's (laughs)
0: sickening. It's sickening.
1: Yeah, it's God. That's a good one. It just the way you're explaining the Rangers makes a lot of sense. in, in the terms of even the Knights, they don't have it. "Quote unquote," they're competitive. The game never seems out of reach. They always feel like they are one power play away from being back in it. A three goal deficit doesn't feel like a True three goal deficit. I, they, you, I know it's a two goal difference. Do, do you ever feel like a two nothing lead is a lot smaller than a three to one lead?
0: Yeah, all the time. I think I tweeted this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two zero is the most dangerous lead in hockey They immediately got scored back in that Florida game, and look, they lost that Florida game against the Panthers, but that was an amazing game. I thought both teams didn't play defense the whole night. Both goalies put on a tremendous show. Jonathan Quick had a ridiculous scorpion kick and uh they i thought they played pretty well outside of like the defensive structure but like the panthers are really good they're also a very talented team uh and they went back and forth
1: it it's this odd sliding scale for me though where if 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 i'm either rooting for a team up to nothing or rooting for three a one team,
0: seems insurmountable
1: two, i'm right there with you <laughs> two two nothing feels like a one goal lead three one and four two feel like six goal leads five three and up feel tied and anything above eight to if it's eight six and I'm winning I actually feel like I'm losing and I don't actually know how to explain that to people if I'm watching a baseball game or hockey game and my team's winning eight to six what I actually feel like is oh my god I can't believe we're gonna lose this game and that's all I think about I obsess over it
0: and everything you just said and i can't believe i'm saying this makes perfect sense (laughs) i I, I feel i feel totally aligned where it's three one is not like two oh every single time the rangers go down two oh i'm like we're in this game probably gonna tie it up and we do and also this happens the other way around where the rangers go up to nothing and all of a sudden it's tied and it happens all the time constantly three one though i'm like game's kind of over i feel like (laughs) it's over Either, either way i don't i don't know how they could come back it's no it's impossible
1: uh, Even though yeah. it makes no sense. No, no sense whatsoever. But yeah, the the, the Rangers are good, Ryan. I, I know we're really breaking news oh, on totally. that one. Uh,
0: we are, but it's just this, this particular team and the personalities around this team. And I, I've grown to love Trocek. You were on that train immediately. Congratulations. You, you were, you were, you were very right. Uh, And I've grown to obviously Kreider has been a huge part of my life for a long time. But when they take that picture at new year's or the day before new year's of just like them all smiling and Igor Shostakovich all the way back, everything's working. I'm just like insanely pacing around my house. Like these motherfuckers need to do this. Like they need to get this done. And we talked about on OT or maybe last week where, you know, someone asked us what, what we consider a failure for this season. And the more and more I look at this team, the more I just, they have to have a like. I'm not sure a second round playoff run is enough. I, am I, it's not. Uh,
1: I, it, I, I'm, it,
0: it, I'm getting uh, my hopes up, and I hate myself, Greg. But I'm telling you,
1: well, yeah, but it's hard to say that today, right? Because
0: it's impossible to say that today.
1: I, I, all we can really say today is if the Rangers lose in the first round again, that's a colossal failure. Given colossal, everything, massive. everything that's happened up until this point, and everything that is also happening below the New York Rangers. Whoever the Rangers play as a wild card, if the Rangers playoffs were to start today, whoever the Rangers would get as the quote unquote eight seed is a team that the Rangers are better than currently constructed. The difference between saying that today on January 1st and experiencing this on April 1st is four months of hockey where someone could get hurt. A trade could be made. A trade could be made and it doesn't work. Um, Performances can fall off. Performances can rise for other teams. So much hockey left that I, all I know is no matter what happens from here on out, if the Rangers are one and done again in the playoffs, that is a failure. But I'm not ready to say if they win the first round and lose in the second round, I'm going to be upset. I need to see what the fuck happens between now and then. And also, simply put, who the fuck the Rangers get in round two? I don't know. It, I, I mean, <laughs> like, who's second and third right now in the division? Is it the Islanders and the Capitals? Is it the Flyers? Flyers? <laughs> It's the Flyers. I'm prepared to say this. If the Rangers play the Flyers in round two of the playoffs and they lose, it's the most unhinged I'm going to be in my life. I understand that. I would totally. You, uh, Buddy, I get it. You just bought a house? Yeah. Mo- move. The, the, city, <laughs> the city will not be standing <laughs> when I'm done.
0: It's not. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and you also have to see, uh, obviously, where the health is of this team. But standing where I am today on January 1st, 2024, I look at all these players that I've fallen in love with over the years Artemi Panarin, who's just been an amazing joy to cover and the rest of the team and just say, I, I can't have them. They have to go to the cup. Like they
1: have to at least be there.
0: Uh, and I know that's easier said than done. And maybe, maybe don't play every seven game series. Just my advice. Let just me, let me ask that.
1: you a, a, ref, uh, a question of reflection, please. And this isn't, isn't just Rangers related, not just hockey related. I'm talking entire sports world. Are we going to look back? at 2023 and say that that was the year we passed the point of no return with confidence in the quality of refereeing in all sports?
0: I think we're gone on that.
1: Because baseball, we're moving closer to robot umps. Uh, Everything's reviewable in football. Everything's reviewable in soccer well
0: everything's reviewable in soccer but it's all bullshit like that's not come on
1: well so is football buddy uh yeah you're, you're right <laughs> but <laughs> who reported that my <laughs> i i, I asked this because i consider myself to be someone that probably goes out of his way to tell people you can't blame the refs for something it's just it feels lazy it, it, it feels boring it feels outplayed at the same time a game in which the new york rangers won five to one my two biggest takeaways from that Rangers-Lightning game, were two different calls. They went against the Rangers, but I feel like if I was a neutral watching that game, I would have asked a lot of questions. I don't know how Keandre Miller gets a penalty called on him because he didn't want to murder a ref. Like, I get it. He interfered on the play. By the definition of the law, they are absolutely right. But the reason why Keandre Miller interfered is because the ref was out of position and he didn't want to skate through the ref. That is the literal only reason why Keandre Miller picked up a penalty. I think that's bullshit. And then the second one, maybe I'm just not as in tune with the rule book. And I do, I, I've been reaching out to Scouting the Reps, the, the um, very popular Twitter account. I love those guys and I want them on the show and I want them to defend themselves, essentially. Uh, but I, have you ever seen, Ryan, where your team wins the goalie interference challenge, but they make up a penalty and call it in hindsight? Because they missed it in real time, I didn't think that was a thing that we did in hockey. I, I didn't think it was possible. I, you review the outcome of the play, but you don't get to be like. Not only was it not a goal, we fucked up twice, and you're getting penalized for that.
0: It it seems almost impossible. There's been a couple missed calls like that uh, in in not only the NHL but every single sport, and it feels I feel like we talk more about the refs than we ever have in every single sport. Yep. Nonstop. stop it's just they affect the games in ways i i do respect the nfl uh, nhl reps for quote-unquote letting the guys play a lot in the playoffs i do think that helps i do think that hurts the rangers especially with their power play in the long term and I, I i know that they've said they're going to make more penalty calls to keep the game sort of the same but uh it just feels like more and more the refs have more of an outcome on all of these games, on every single game I watch, on every team I like, uh, and even the games, some of the big games that I'm neutrals of, I end up thinking this. Uh, my biggest takeaway is I want to talk about the refereeing decision, not the awesome players on the field. And that just to me isn't as entertaining as what I'm watching sports for.
1: I, I, I wondered, uh, the press box has an interesting theory on this where they hypothesize that some of this comes from the fact that Outside of baseball, every sport now has a rules analyst or rules official that taps into the game. Gene Starator, Dean Blandino. Um, I know ESPN has one for their big market hockey games. We know that, I don't remember who the former basketball ref is that ESPN also has for their games. But we, they are having refs tap into these games and speak about the refereeing And it almost, it doesn't matter if they are like agreeing or disagreeing with what's happening on the field. It's just making us all think about the refs more and interact with the refs more. And it puts more attention on what they are doing. But I also, now some of this is societal because we're terrible people, all of us, every single one of us. You think you're a good person, guess what? You're a piece of shit. And especially if you're a parent. Parents, you all suck. Is essentially, what I'm getting down to this. <laughs> uh, Jesus. You go to, you go to your youth sports. Oh, and I know. You what you're yell doing. at Never these, b- mind. I hate these people. I you I yell these people. at these poor people that are volunteers, essentially, making 20 bucks a day trying to call your sons or daughters s- low stakes sporting events. And there are some of the worst people in the world that show their true colors in these moments. We are not doing a great job of cultivating the next generation of refs. No one. <laughs> there. There's probably one. There's one sick, deranged nine-year-old out there being like, you know what I want to be when I grow up? A ref. A ref. <laughs> and listen, if, that, if he becomes or she becomes a ref and instead is not like a dictator, I'm here for it. And we did it as a society. But
0: This is yeah. sort of like, I'm not going to get to it. It's part of the politician thing as well. It's <laughs> like, hey, only uh, crazy people. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, It's tough out there. Uh, so what I'm saying is let's just end the world. I, we got Let's to 2024. Yeah,
0: can we win oh, the yeah. cup first, dude? Can we just get one? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get a Mets World Series and then, uh, and then a oh, Rangers Cup. We'll call it a day. That's it. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess. End the show. I guess maybe possibly, but yeah, it's, it's, t- it's not out. It's not great out there for the refs. I just I, I feel bad for them.
0: On the, on the, I guess, the topic of sad things, should we talk about Philip Heedle and the update of, for his story uh, over the past week or so? Yeah, I mean,
1: we probably should. We I, probably that, should. It's our duty.
0: So, Philip Heedle is going back home, uh, as reported by, I believe, The Athletic first. And I know, oh, no, uh, Brooksy reported that he was still in concussion. Then The Athletic reported that he was likely coming back by the end of the month of January. So, there we go. So, Brooksy's reported he's going back to Chesnia. Um, and then from there. He's going back to where? Did I say Chesnia? You
1: sure did, buddy. That's oh, not that's, even
0: – that's not a place.
1: That's, that was bad.
0: That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Czech Republic, my
1: apologies. Well, it, it is now called Chechia. They have okay. technically changed their name.
0: Okay, that's... I was not... Close. I rhymed it. I'm going to just gonna use that as an excuse. But I
1: think you confused Chechia with where like Chechen warlords come from, which I is think, a different place in I the world. I
0: think this is super embarrassing and I'm going to keep it all in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's
0: how that works. I will not uh, give the content away, but that'll be in my mentions. Mm. Anywho, so Heedle's go, uh, Hito, going back uh, to recover among friends and family and his coaching staff over the next month or so. Apparently, he will be back by the end of the month, meaning his season is not over. Uh, at this point, but I would say this is not good news, but I also don't think it's bad news at the same time. What I'm getting to is, do you think there's a chance he doesn't play another game this season, and will the Rangers use that long-time money at the trade deadline?
1: (laughs) I wouldn't have said this a month ago, but I do think there's a chance he doesn't play this year again. Um, This does, I didn't have the guttural reaction that a lot of other people had to the news that, Hedel was going home it from what we've heard it sounds like he's kind of just been in isolation and this is a way where someone going through a traumatic injury what you know did use that word on a sliding scale there but someone going through a a bit of crisis of confidence uh, with their professional career and playing career wanting to be around friends and family like it just probably like imagine you got hurt at work and then instead of having friends and family be able to help you through your situation to get back to work, you are just stuck in a city that isn't home to you and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: And you probably can't go out at all uh, for a lot of reasons.
1: And Also, so, maybe don't want to. Like it, yeah. It, you know, you're, you're, not, it well. you're not healthy. I can't imagine a few cities in the world I would want to be struggling with a head injury than New York City. That <laughs> is bright. It is loud. It is Busy, like if I got a head injury, last thing I want. Like, uh, just, uh, remind you, I got a funny story about. This is the second time I'm going to mention our buddy Spath on this podcast. Man fell down a flight of stairs yesterday. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Are um, you, but, you okay? I guess I should ask yeah. this question. <laughs> he he is fine, but I it, it the, shouldn't shock anyone listening to this that my gut reaction. There were two of it. It was me, Spath, and his fiance. His fiance immediately had a panic attack, being like, "Holy shit, are you okay?" I was immediately laughing. It just my vantage point from the bottom of the stairs made it seem like the with funniest. friends like you, who needs enemies, Gregory?
0: <laughs> <laughs> who needs enemies? It,
1: hey, I helped him up and I asked if he was all right, but I was wheezing as I did it. Now There's that I know that you're
0: okay, I need to keep laughing.
1: I was already laughing, but it just conf- knowing he was okay confirmed my laughter. Anyway, neither here nor there. Phil Phil the New York the New York Rangers <laughs> won five to one. Uh, yeah, that's funny it, we did
0: that again. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Two yeah. jokes in a row for those
1: BSBOT listeners. Oh, uh, God. That OT is an all-timer. People need to get the Patreon to listen to that OT. We were fucking seven sheets to the wind, just having a wonderful time. It uh, was insane. It's it's tough. I I think the responsible thing for the Rangers, I don't know. What's more responsible in your eyes? The Rangers planning that Hedl is going to come back and play for them at some point this year? Or the Rangers planning that he's gone? Because... I don't honestly know what the correct answer is. On one hand, you would say he, the Rangers should prepare for him to not play another game this year and get ready to reinvest that long-term IR money. On the other hand, if there is a chance he comes back this year, you can't add anybody. So I, they have to essentially decide what line of thinking they're going to do. They have time to do it, but this, isn't an either, this is going to be an either-or situation.
0: It is, and I do think they could become the quote. This is a little different, at least in my opinion, than the Nikita Kucherov situation from the Lightning that we may may or may not have talked about for two or three years on this podcast. And uh, it it does seem like if they say to Philip, actually, I don't even know if it's their choice. Like, hey, we're just not allowing you to come back, and we're going to use your salary money for the trade deadline. And then if you're feeling okay with the playoffs, maybe we can insert you back in the lineup. But I think you've made this point before. Kucherov uh, is a little bit of a different player caliber than Philip Heedle. and it's someone you feel, I don't know, pretty okay with just slotting into the lineup off of a non-head injury that we probably he was able to test out extensively beforehand of the playoffs. Filipedel coming off the concussion, I'm not sure you want to slot him right back into that situation. Uh, so maybe I would say. They they say he's done for the year. I'm not sure they'll ever make that announcement. We still have a couple weeks to the playoff, uh, rather to the day, the trade deadline. And Filipino will probably tell them how he's doing and what the report is. I'm sure they have constant contact of what's going on and where they are where they are. And I know he's seen the top concussion doctors that the NHL reports to. But I I don't think I'd force him back. It feels even if he said like I'm good to go. It's kind of like, we need you for the next three years. Like maybe take care of yourself as much as possible and see how you're feeling in the playoffs. And we'll go from there.
1: I mean, it's crazy to say, but my initial reaction, frankly, to seeing Hito was going home was, Oh, he's healthy enough to get on a plane. That's good. That's actually a, a pretty positive reaction. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I'm i a Met fan. I, I've come from the place where the Mets made a concussed Jason Bagan on an airplane and it might've fucked his entire career up. So when I saw that, the, the Rangers believed Phil Heedle was healthy enough to not just be skating, but get on a transatlantic flight. I was like, oh, that's actually a positive.
0: Yeah, well, let's see how it plays out. Obviously, uh, the Rangers would love that cap space. Not that it's a shit ton. It's not. No, but it's uh, enough to
1: make a difference.
0: It is. It's enough to make a move. And then if Phil Heedle is feeling okay at the playoffs, we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, this is a monitoring and evolving situation, so we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, last thing uh, before we get to our interview with Rob Luker, uh, look, the Fox power play over hits. It hits at the last, I don't know. The Rangers are up 4 one at this point. Uh, Fox lays it into Panarin for the hat trick, who is still like having an outrageous season currently. Uh, and, and it hits, but it hadn't hit beforehand. Big, big gambling onto you, Greg. What's going on here?
1: <laughs> Listen, Ryan, you got to trust the process. Okay. I believe the numbers now, how many, I think he's 16 for 24, so
0: it's that's an insane number
1: yeah i mean you said it's hitting at 75 percent,
0: and it's been plus money every single night
1: every single night there Except was one, one night where it was even money okay uh, cool <laughs> you're up big if you've played this every day uh yeah i don't know i i just i'd like to thank the academy um my parents for making this happen My parents for not realizing that I was susceptible to gambling addictions at a young age and encouraged my. That is sort of on them. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, my dad needs to be a dad. You wouldn't. Yeah. How's John? I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Shut up about John.
1: Shut (laughs) up about John.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's go talk to Rob Luker. We'll talk about advanced stats and uh, this year's team, and we'll come back and answer some five-star questions. Transition. Hey, yo, I'm here to tell you about the official ticket sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway all season long. That's right, it's TickPick. Hashtag no fees. If you're going to a Ranger game over the next couple days or weeks or months of the rest of the season, use TickPick. It's really easy to use. You download the TickPick app. It shows you the best deals in alphabetical order by deal score. And there's no fees. The price you see is the price you get, unlike other apps You see the price you're going to check out at. I'll be at the game later this week. And if you want to be at the game too, you could use TickPick. It is the promo code BLUESHIRTS15. What does that do? I will tell you. Any order over $99 for a TickPick account, if you check out with BLUESHIRTS15, you get $15 off. It's that easy. Just go to the TickPick app, use the code blueshirts 15 Buy your Rangers tickets and all other tickets you're going to be going to attending to. Maybe it's a concert. Maybe it's a Broadway show. Whatever it is, use TickPick. Use Blue Shirts 15. Get $15 off any order over $99, and we'll see you there. Thank you to TickPick. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have our dear friend Rob Luker, a statistician. What are you you these days? Stats expert? I don't don't know. know. I'm
2: always winging it. I have no idea. But yeah, sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) Surely.
0: Uh, Thank you for joining us on New Year's Day. It really... I uh, really appreciate it. Um, there is a lot to talk about with this Rangers team and also so much not to talk about um, <laughs> because the team I think is good. It is a, a first place leading team seems to win a lot of games. And yet uh, what are the, what are the stats saying that maybe we're not talking about? Maybe that's a, maybe that's a place to start.
2: I, I think this has gone about as well as a, as anybody could ask for, right? I mean, if you're really trying to pick around the edges of this um, even I'm can't find much to be, Peculiar or upset about nowadays. Um, I, I always go back to kind of what I what I've been going after the last few years, which is just if they can hang around at five on five. Um, the power play and the goaltender are going to take care of the rest, and that's pretty much how it's gone almost every night. Of course, they've had a couple of stinkers, but then the nights that they actually play well at five on five, they look like they're never going to be stopped. So, I think really the only risk is if that power play goes cold, which seems impossible given the power play one. You know, plays almost all two minutes most of the time. Um, chesterkin starting to come around quick did the job there when chesterkin was maybe trying to find it a little bit um you could definitely you know we can probably dive into maybe balancing the lineup when kaka comes back obviously hedel looks not good long term but there's really not a lot to be worried about unless we see a major change
1: yeah it it's surprising how ryan and i listen we do this every week and we get to the point where we warn people before every show that it's really boring how we come on here and we don't really have a lot of bad things to say but even oh i can hear an echo by the way that's interesting but whatever i'm just gonna keep powering through it because it's new year's day and i'm tired it's uh like the biggest complaint we have of the rangers is nick bonino i think (laughs) Is is Nick Bonino even a complaint at this
0: point? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, like, it's not it's a like, bad thing. Barclay Goodrow is like, okay, he makes a lot of
2: money. Now what? Right. I I mean, yeah, if, if I had to pick a few small things for the lineup, I mean, that fourth line was atrocious, those first 10, 12, 15 games, right? That's since rectified itself because they asked Bonino to slide into Hedl's spot. And I can't say enough about Will Cooley and the job he's done in terms of that third line is is workable. Just like, all, as, as we all predicted, Cooley, Bonino, uh, Brodzinski, just anchoring a fine third line, how not getting fuck in trouble. How did that happen, Rob? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. how, how guess, on earth? I mean, that's that's my point, though. Yeah, I, I think my one thing is when Kako comes back, and I've, I've already alluded to it a little bit on Twitter, which is I don't think Bonino and Goodrow can be on the same line. I think that fourth, fourth line will go back to being bad, overtly bad. Like, every shift they go, get on, it's noticeable. Um, I mean, I think without VZ Goodrow becomes like a 20% shot and scoring chance player. Like, I I know he has value of some kind, I guess, but <laughs> it, that you can't have that. I mean, he's got to be at least hovering around the middle somewhere. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I think really the, it's going to be kind of a litmus test for when Kako comes back and everything's healthy. Okay, then what does Laviolette do? Because um, I know where I think he should go, and I know where, where I think Wheeler should go, but we'll see if they actually break up that first line at the moment.
1: So is, are, is your implication that when Kaka comes back, you keep Brzezinski in the lineup? Is that what I'm hearing? Ooh,
2: I mean, we could go a couple different directions in that. He could be the 3C in theory, right? Um, I've always loved Brzezinski. He's kind of a 4A player. I think that's not a new way to describe him, but um, I, he just he appears to be skating fast. I don't know. He kind of looks like he's skating hard all the time, and he's got a shot that he's not afraid to use. Um, wish it would hit the net more, but. I think you could do worse is what I'm
1: getting at, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a way that uh I saw very early this year on Instagram someone describe Isaiah Pacheco's running style as he runs like he hates the ground. <laughs> and that's kind of how I see Johnny Brzezinski skate, where everything's moving quickly, it just looks angry. Yeah. Right.
2: Like I wouldn't want to play against him because he just looks like he's moving fast all the time, even though if you actually stop and look, he might not be <laughs> <laughs> Well, so let's talk
0: actually about the 5v5. Do you think Brodzinski has played into the advanced 5v5 metrics or what has changed that from the last couple of years where the Rangers 5v5 every single week we'd come on here and be like,
2: yeah, power play and goalie is cool, but 5v5 is a disaster. So I guess my, I think I kind of tweeted it the other day. I I want Kalko back quickly because I still don't like, basically the only reliable line is the quote unquote second line, you know, Lafreniere, Troca printer. And, if Jad and Kreider are having a rough night, the one line kind of looks dead. And then the third line and fourth line are only going to do so much unless they're really playing a not great team where they can exploit those matchups. Right. Um, so I guess I, I just, <laughs> that's my only worry is that if, if, if for some reason the non second line group starts to go cold, the five on five actually could become a problem because they were kind of dipping there for like a five, seven game stretch of being a bottom 10 team in the league in terms of shots and chances and all that fun. And, um, Luckily, Shasterkin has kind of righted the ship a little bit lately, and quick's still okay so i, I guess i don't I don't know i am not I'm not too worried until we see a drastic change
0: <laughs> yeah what can you talk about the difference in Shasterkin's game over the last five games where he just uh seemingly turned it on after uh we did a whole podcast on literally Vince's show talking yeah. about uh, how we weren't concerned, but it was the entire storyline of the week of, hey, is anybody actually concerned about Igor Shosturkin? There's a lot of, you know, Vince came out and said he was looking shaky in practice. And I think Greg and I were big. Please do not worry about this one for one second of your life and move on. Uh, but the last five games, including the game on Saturday where he just, whew, I mean, right, uh, destroyed Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. He has looked totally back to his normal self.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of just like a mind the trends thing, in my opinion. I I had that, I think, 10-game rolling for his career, and it's like he rarely dips below being a zero-goal-saved-above-expected goalie for both at even strength and even at shorthanded. I guess I'll just compare really to Quick. I mean, typically Shesterkin's very good both at even strength and shorthanded, right? It doesn't really matter. Quick has kind of come back to earth now at five-on-five or even strength, and he's still making hay, though, uh, on the penalty kill with his ridiculous saves. Cause it's quite a different experience. I think uh, as, as a lot of people are now know between watching Shesterkin who is just calm, cool, collected and quick uh, flailing about scorpion, kick baby. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I think the, the timing was everything. He kind of bottomed out there in mid December and his last five, he um, while not perfect, maybe from a save percentage standpoint, he looks much sharper and um, I would expect that to continue into the spring barring some change.
1: Right. We're, Slowly entering trade season. Um, Yep. You know, calendar has turned from 23 to 24. There are only six, seven weeks before the trade deadline. Obviously, Kako remains out of the lineup, though, trending in the right direction. Heatle remains out of the lineup, trending in the wrong direction. I think Ryan and I have been pretty adamant that we don't think the Rangers need to make a big change. We don't think they need to add a quote-unquote significant piece. You know, people, you've heard the... God, we do this every week too. Where you know, one week it's Kensel, one week it's Puchnevich, one week it's Lindholm, and you can go mm-hmm. down the road. Do you have modest trade targets you're keeping an eye on that you think would help this Rangers? I'd say middle six is where they'd probably need to add. But curious what your take is. I would
2: say I'm not even targeting any names yet because I want to see some more teams maybe start to fall out of it and, and see if they can get creative. Now I will say. If they're going to do something, especially if Hedo, they're going to basically rule Hedo out for the year here in the next like month or two or even three. Well, that's the trade deadline. But I I think you get the best center you can. And even if you got to overpay for him. And the reason for that is I keep I've been banging that formula about be be okay at five on five and then let the power play and the penalty kill or the uh, goaltending take care of the rest. You're not going to go get a guy that's going to slot into power play one, right? So that's, that's established. Shesterkin is there. So basically, go get the best center you can to replace Hedo, who casually was like a 56% expected goal guy before his injury. So you really do need that depth. I think some people think they got to do something on the wing because of Wheeler and Kako. I disagree. Because when you put Kako with uh, Krider and Jed, they pretty much become a 55% plus line when it comes to the shots and chances. They've done that year in, year out. Do they always score? No, but a first line dominating the shots and chances against in theory the other teams, at least top 9 if not top 6, that takes care of that. So go get the best center you can get. Doesn't matter if you drop drop Trocheck at third line center because that work was working as well too when Hedman was fine. You know my point. I just don't know. I'm not going to throw names out quite yet because I I I frankly have not been checking that closely because it's okay. going really well.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, well, that, that's, that's the, the plight of our show currently is right. we're the best team in hockey.
2: <laughs> well, and, and just to add, I like the, the new, the, the Laviolette feeling in the coaching staff is still te- technically new. Right. So I think this year it's, it's kind of reminiscent of 21, 22 load up and become the best five on five team you can after the trade deadline. And cause who knows what if the magic sauce here that's been working where they're okay at five on five suddenly falls through the, you know, falls through the floor next year. I doubt that, but go get the best center you can right now or come trade deadline. I want to talk about Laviolette in just a
0: second, but can we just spend a moment to talk about Artemi Panarin and possibly his career year, uh, yep. which seems impossible. He's playing at a level, he's shooting way more, uh, and I don't know, don't know if you have the stats for him right in front of you, but I th- what I don't know what his shooting percentage increase is, but it's an incredible amount, and I don't know whether it's shaving the hair or the new coaching staff, but he's made himself <laughs> way more of a playmaker and a shooter where he was just more of a playmaker before.
2: Yeah, I don't I think I think there's going to be some reports apparently coming out about why he's chosen to shoot more, but I mean, credit, he's always been the player that can get the puck into an area where he choose, can shoot, right? Um and it's like he's he's shooting like 30 to 40% more this year than he has to compared to his best year even with the Blackhawks or or prior Ranger years basically. So he's just shooting more. I think his shooting percentage, like at all situations, is only three points higher. He's like a career 11, 12, maybe 12 point something percent guy, and he's shooting like 15%. That's not unsustainable. He can keep this going unless he stops shooting, essentially. Um, And I mean, I guess just on that note, the power, he, he is the main driver of the power play for this year, statistically speaking. And this power play is historic what I mean by that is they have the second highest expected goal of the replacement as a power play unit. Um, in the, since they started the shot location stance in 2007 wow. for a regular season, I mean, it's, you should be praying for penalties, essentially watching these games at five on five. And they're actually top 10 in, um, drawing penalties as well this year. So it's going as well as it can.
1: And they keep making Adam Fox plus money. Yeah, I love every yeah, second yeah, of it. It's wonderful.
2: Um, <laughs> I get mad when I forget to place that bet. <laughs> I,
0: well, we talked about it in the open, but it hitting in the last like 30 seconds when they're up 5-1 is unbelievable. Oh, I, perfect.
1: perfect. I was out at a bar uh, watching the game, and I lost my mind. And I think people thought I was reacting to Cowboys-Lions, and I was not. <laughs> um, perfect. <laughs> uh, Rob, the, uh, I, I think if people associate you with one thing when you come on our show, it's your insistence, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative term but your insistence to see Keiondre Miller and Adam Fox play at <laughs> 5v5 together. This is a year where the six defensemen the New York Rangers are playing on a nightly basis are probably the best collection of six defensemen they've ever had, at least in the last 10 years. Is this still a hill we should be pushing where, you know, is playing his best hockey as a Ranger. Fox seems to be rounding back into form, completely healthy from his knee injury. Lindgren, when he's not getting bodied and massacred is still Ryan Lindgren. Keandre Miller is still Keandre Miller. Eric Gustafson is, you get it. Are we, should we still be pushing for Miller Fox just to see what the hell we have before the playoffs actually start? I think if they get into a spot where they're somehow, I don't know,
2: you pick a point number that makes you feel comfortable, 10, 15 points up on the Metro, which is probably not going to happen anytime soon, but I would still love to see it because I think you got to find out what you have because the Lindgren decision is coming. That's probably a podcast at a later date for you guys. But um, my thing is Lindgren-Fox is back to playing well right now. miller Truba have had kind of a rough go of it lately, but uh, I took a look at the time on ice stats. They're playing a lot with the fourth line, which still, as much as they're fine, it's not like it's uh, playing with the second line right now, with Trocek's line, I should say. Um, well, you're not defending. <laughs> right, like, yeah. If, if you're that, playing
0: with Trochek's line, you're just watching them do their shit in the offensive zone. That's kind of yeah. It.
2: And then the second line that Miller and Truba have played with most this year is the first line, which we know has been hit or miss, right? So that's kind of why they look bad statistically, but I would still say Miller's starting to heat up and Truba's been just fine, much better than last year. Um, I don't know if that's related to injury or not, but. He's been incredible, um, dude.
0: He's yeah. been uh, much better, I think, is even underselling it. He looks like a completely different player. And maybe the stats are saying differently, but just the eye test every single night. Uh, his defending, especially against like, I know Austin Matthews scored two goals. Yep. But the way he played hit against him the entire night, he made his life a living hell. And the rest <laughs> of the Leafs didn't do shit.
2: So. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that came from the offseason or different coaching staff where they just said, slow down and just kind of keep it in front of you. But he's also being much more selective with his shots this year. I have, I, there's much less rage tweeting about another Trooper one timer that just landed somewhere in New Jersey when when he was trying to. Hit I haven't that. made like, that joke all season, Rob. Yeah, that's it's been I mean. said, dead content. I actually saw him cradle a puck the other night and let a wrist shot go, which is just wild. So, um, I think just between that, I guess overall, to answer the question, the original question, my pitchfork for 7923 is in the shed. It's still there. I can break it out at any moment if I really wanted to, but. It's not needed at the, at the moment.
0: Just to uh, kind of expand on your Truba and Miller playing with the fourth line conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think as a community, cause
0: look, I'm not a stat boy. I'm not a chart boy, but I respect the chart boys. And
1: it's a, a community.
0: As, 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 <laughs> all right. What, whatever. I'm we demand to be taken seriously. We no, demand go to go be taken seriously. We're, we're 13 <laughs> magicians here. Um, we don't actually pay more attention to who the defensemen are playing with when we calibrate their stats, or is that yep. just something that we, sh- we should ignore anyway? Who
2: cares? No, it, it's absolutely something you need to keep because ultimately, it, you know, it ebbs and flows over the season, but absolutely the coaches are doing this relatively intentionally. And a great way to explain that is as much as Gutsen's been moved up and down because of the Lindgren injury, Braden Schneider's most um, highest TOI teammates for forwards has been the second line which then if you go look at Schneider's impacts this year, his shooting, the amount of shots he's taking individually, but also his on shots and his, his expected goals for is through the roof. This is easily his best season, right? And, and I'm not saying – he also looks more involved, right? He's doing give and goes. He's skating. His skating's always been solid, but he's more involved in the play as opposed to last two years. I mean, it was a lot of chip outs because he was usually buried with Harper or something like that, but you didn't see him much in the offensive zone even when he was there
1: yeah i while we're on the chart community okay <laughs> sorry <guys>. a community, <laughs> That's a community in which i love and respect and don't understand 70 percent of the time uh alexi lafreniere we haven't yeah. said his name yet since talking with you which always feels like a mistake it felt like there was a chasm for the longest time where chart boy community again not saying that derogatorily uh was always pro Alexi. The numbers were always there. The data was always there. The impacts were always there. And it still feels like there's a portion of Ranger fans that aren't prepared to give him the credit for the dirty work he's doing. That's helping that second line click simply because for whatever reason, it's not ending in a avalanche of points for him, Mm -hmm. but it is clear, and it has to be clear to everybody at this point, that Alexi Lafreniere is that guy, right? We're not, we're, we We're really should be done with this conversation. Absolutely.
2: It, it, he doesn't – I'm not going to say he doesn't have to play defense, but let's just put it this way. Just take a stab, take a guess at what his on-ice save percentage is, meaning you know, between Shisterkin and Quick um, behind him. Just, just take a guess at what it is. Like 960? I don't know. Oh, no. Bad. 890. Oh God! So he's one of the, <laughs> he's one of the unluckiest on the teams. Now I say unluckiest because that is way outside of near average, right? Like even Shostakin being average at like I think he's like a nine eleven or maybe a nine twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, he he if he just gets some saves behind him, um, he, he the the whole aura of Lafreniere's are still a risk out there will completely go away. Um, you know that's like quite the opposite with Kreider who has basically. I think he's like plus 12 or something ridiculous, uh, you know, because he scores a bunch on the power play. But at the same time, nothing is given up when they're on the ice as well. So that, that's what I mean. I, I yeah, Lafreniere is, is here to stay. And it's the same thing with Kako. Kako just couldn't buy a goal with that first line before he got injured. Right. But they didn't give up anything. So there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> I think they scored like two goals and let up one over
1: 10
2: games. Right. Or Insane but they amount. still getting almost 60% of the shots and chances. What else, what else do you really want if you're watching closely? I know. So if, I you know the, like, I, every,
1: every second that that was happening, too, everyone was like, well, Kako's not helping this top line. And I think Ryan and I were yelling at the top of the mountain, being like, anybody going to ask why Mika Zibanejad stinks to begin the season? Is that right. a conversation <laughs> we were going to have?
0: Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, right. Mika Zibanejad, a literal human flame currently, uh, just uh, what is it, like 16 points over the last like eight games or some shit? Yeah. He's been on fire.
2: Yep. Yeah. manager has been an interesting one. Cause if you look at his shot and chance data, it doesn't look good. And I think that's partially because we overtook took a minute to get going. Um, they couldn't, him, him and Kreider and Kako could not score or anything to start the season. So basically you've got, what are they played? 35 games or something like that. You know, 25 of those don't look pretty, even though he was actually fine, if that makes any sense. So he was not, fine. Yeah. Not worried about that. You get another, you get Kako back. Um, I think they're out of the shooting slump, so to speak, and um, you know, with the way Lindgren, Fox is playing, who is usually their partner, they'll they'll be okay. Sometimes they even look better on it's, this. Seems impossible.
0: The penalty kill than the power play. Like yeah. the Mika the Mika Kreider penalty kill is dangerous. I don't like they've just done it so long. They're you know they're mentally connected in so many ways. You make the bromance jokes, whatever you want to do, uh, but. I, every single time they cause a breakaway, they cause havoc and it's just, uh, there's such a special pairing, especially on the penalty
2: kill. Well, I just, I also think for on the penalty kill specifically, this is, it's it's almost men's league-esque. It's like, they don't want to just throw it away. They want to get the puck and if they have an ounce of space, they're going to try to find it. And then usually Kreider or Zabandajan just skating forward as fast as possible immediately. It's like just chip and go get it. So that's a fun way to play hockey.
0: <laughs> they And they do that. Uh, to the coaching staff, uh, just for a second, look, we weren't the biggest let guys. We're on record. There's audio. Uh, and we've also eaten a lot of crow in that way. What have you seen the differences between Gerard Gallant's coaching staff style of play and this year's
2: Lobbylet's coaching staff style of play? I mean, I'm not a big tactics person in the NHL because they're more, way more complicated than anything I fully understand. So I get that. Me it, too. Just, it, seemed, it just seems like, I mean, how many lineup decisions have we really questioned as a fan base, which was the whole thing the last three, four years, right? That's, it's just the balance that they've somehow, I mean, not somehow, it just seems like most of what the fan base thought should happen for better or worse in terms of balance and the experience with the, with the names on the roster actually happened out of camp and then they stuck with it instead of panicking and started the line blending. I mean, I can't even remember the last line blender I saw mid game. Twenty games ago, I don't, I don't even know. I'll, I'll do you one better. You're on Twitter. It's a hell of a website. Yeah. When's the last time you saw the
0: lines be posted and there was an argument?
2: Oh yeah, I, I took my notification. You know, I used to have the beats on notification just to see the practice lines. That's that that is completely not a part of my life now, which is much healthier. It's
1: probably why I sound better.
2: It, it's just <laughs> it's 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 a better way to live. I'm so just,
1: it, it, <laughs> it's crazy to me that one coach comes in and suddenly. Alex Lafreniere just says, you know what, I can play on the right side. Yeah, go figure.
2: <laughs> it's almost like he could the whole time. <laughs> Makes yeah, you think. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I've, I don't think he's doing anything radically. I, I will say this, I guess, Ryan, um, the way they hang in games at five and five, like, do they are they a shutdown team in terms of defense? No. Are they a fly, high flying top five offense? No. But they're they can kind of almost mold to whatever game style is needed, and uh, certain lines step up, um, and then the second line just goes and you know gets ten shots. Per period regardless so it's just a good problem to have
0: <laughs> the second line comes on and then they double shift Panarin and then he's back on with the second line again it's
2: literal hell for the other team like, yeah what do we
0: do here uh okay they think, just created seven chances
2: and I guess last last thought on Laviola everybody's predicting a slow start right oh it's a new system it's so complicated I mean yeah sure but it's still a flow game I mean you, you tell the guys to go play in the end they're not calling plays out there and uh, they, there there was no slow start at all
1: <laughs> uh, well no now, hold on rob they started two and two
2: Ryan, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, Ryan, 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 Ryan did a whole podcast after Game Four against the Predators, thinking that it was the end times.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I just said it was an embarrassment. That's all. Yeah, it just, was.
2: There was a lot of skeletons left from the last few years. That's all. We were just expecting a whole new lineup. You know, Quick would be named the starter. And, you know, indefinitely. Uh, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, disgusting. Uh,
2: the one thing I do want to
0: mention with La, with um, Lafreniere is that he does seem to be making these high-risk passes that he was not making under a drug gland. The, like, the eye test-wise, that is the one thing I've noticed, where he's driving offense, and that was kind of what he was drafted for. He sees the ice, high IQ, et cetera. I felt like he re- didn't really do those passes or create those things until he played with Panarin. And maybe that's a comfort level with Panarin. Maybe that's a comfort level with the coaching staff. But he's maybe he's not afraid to get yelled at anymore. But yeah, though, maybe, that's a
1: huge difference in his game. I don't think he's afraid of getting in trouble. Like, that, that yeah. is just the obvious answer, but i I'll, Rob can tap in there too. I just needs it needs to be said that sometimes the biggest coaching staff change is not tactics or anything, it's a player's personality and I think Lafreniere feels freed.
2: Right. And in a very much of a uh people don't forget moment, remember it was um uh Panarin Trochek Lafreniere at the start of uh last season as well and that was going pretty well except they had their snake bitten on the shot percentage and that never happened this year. So it's just a confidence building thing and it's gone really well, and I think also the way Panarin's playing is, makes those passes available more, if that makes sense. He's just, he's just hitting on him now. He probably was trying them, and they just weren't working at all, and then eventually they stopped playing his line, and we never saw it again. My last question about the defense is,
0: what do you take from Schneider and Miller just, I don't know, developing a backhand
2: and <laughs> shots and <laughs> being able to score at such a high level, and what does that change about this team overall? Well, I think Miller's always had that, right? I was a big fan of him running the power, uh, the second power play, but Guffson obviously has just he's taken a that job and yeah. there's no reason to change that. So Miller can step in probably for I mean not going to say for Fox, but for Gufsusen absolutely if needed. Um again, I credit Schneider. It just seems like he's more involved and willing to move his feet and not just get to the get to his right point in the offensive zone and stay there, right? He's and I think that's probably a way that the coaching staff has influenced the change at 5 on 5. Um I also think Gustafson playing so well and being just a much better option than a guy like Ben Harper allows Schneider to know I'm going to take a few more risks and I'll be okay. Um, uh, I, I think you can look back on the, the the receipts from me. I was definitely Schneider's replaceable um, and there's probably a longer term conversation about that, but the way he's playing right now with Gustafson, you can't change a thing. And I will say though, even this will probably be a little bit of a stretch. Zach Jones has gotten pretty unlucky this year. I think he's gotten even worse on ice save percentage in Lafreniere. It's it's down in the 800s. But I think when he stepped in and had a few games there, besides I think that first one where it didn't look good, I'm not worried about adding defensemen at the moment. I think just go get a, the best center you can and we'll see where we're at come May.
1: Yeah, there's, there's always been an interesting trend where the first, usually the first two games Jones slides back into the lineup, Schneider Jones struggles. But then by game three, they start playing a bit like we've seen them play in the past. That's intriguing and fun and not getting overexposed, and it's great. Uh, But yeah, there's, and you, you know, that's to be expected. Zach Jones is a young player who is adjusting for the first time to a scenario where he goes from playing every night and being an impactful player to possibly, you know, not truly. It it takes a special level of play. Not everybody can be a bench guy, right? This this applies to every sport. Some basketball players can't come off the bench. Some baseball players can't pitch it. It's really hard being able to reset yourself when you haven't played on an other basis. Rob, before we get to the bills, because we will have to finish (laughs) with the bills, Um, an NHL-wide question. Do you have an oh, that's interesting team? And I'm not saying it has to be a positive oh, that's interesting, or a negative oh, that's interesting. Just a team out in the world that makes you raise your eyebrow either positively or negatively? All right. I don't want to do the Kings, but they're a real problem,
2: but I'm still going to pick somebody that just, just, just everybody know, if you haven't, if you're not paying attention to the West coast at all, the Kings are going to be a problem and they're going to be the favorite coming out of that. I think the fun one to watch is going to be Vancouver because um, they're like up and down. They sometimes play well but they had that massive uh, shot and save percentage binge at the start of the season, and they've somehow kind of maintained it. So it's just going to be interesting to see if they're a first-round flame-out or if they somehow continue it and uh, kind of channel almost what the Rangers did a few years ago, which is just amazing goaltending and shooting the lights out.
1: And then the Bills of it all, Rob. Uh, here's my <laughs> – here's my. we have one regular season week left. Here's where I'm at with the AFC. Uh, actually, with the NFL at wit large. It should be a Niners-Ravens Super Bowl at this point that I think the Ravens sure. are going to win because Lamar Jackson's numbers against the NFC are, at this point, undeniable and ridiculous. However, this could be a pro-Bills comment or an anti-Bills comment. Depends how you think next week's game is going to go. For the first time in my life, I think I'm betting every AFC road team and underdog uh, opening week of the playoffs. Every yeah. single one. Because I think teams two through seven They're just all equally not great. Yep. All of them.
2: I agree. Uh, I'm very, very tentative to say anything about next week for bills dolphins. I have no clue. This bills team can either completely destroy a good team or just look absolutely tepid against a horrible team. So (laughs) I just really hope the first drive doesn't end in a three and out because that's when Allen gets out of sync. Um, the team defense is held together by absolute shoestrings and is doing fine. Uh, McDermott's still a JV wrestling coach posing as an NFL head coach somehow. <laughs> um, he's a good D coordinator, but he's not a head. I, I don't know. But somehow it, it would be fitting after all the BS they've gone through the last, you spent two years really, that somehow they make a run. Um, or it ends horribly. We'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just never in my life, I just don't think there's a big difference between Whoever the two seeded is probably whoever wins the AFC East, so the Dolphins right. or the Bills, and then the seventh seed is going to be one of the Colts or the Texans. And honest to God, I don't think there's a difference between those four teams. That's I think fair. you're you're different shades of the same, all flawed, all have the potential to play well on any given day. I'm taking all the points in yeah. Week One for the AFC. The NFC guy, I don't know. NFC's fucking weird, man. I, <laughs> I like. I don't think the Cowboys are good. I don't think the Lions are good. But if the Cowboys have a home game, I think they'll probably win the home game. The Bucs can't make up the – I don't get how the Bucs lost by 30 or whatever they lost by this week. Uh, The Rams – the Rams might be the second best team in the NFC. I don't fucking know. It's been – this year of football has sucked. All the quarterbacks stink. Most of the teams (laughs) stink. It's really the Niners, the Ravens, and then a bunch of bad –
2: just so bad. The Cowboys and Lions defenses were good at one point and now s- just suck. So I, I don't know how you turn that around with one week to go. I don't know. I just think in the AFC, who else would you really want playing the Ravens inside the Bills?
1: I, I don't know. I, <laughs> the, you know what the scary thing is? Joe Flacco. Yeah. Like, I I, I think the Browns will give the Ravens the best game. How is that's Joe that,
0: Flacco like a top five quarterback right now? That's, that's what I have questions about. <laughs>
2: I don't understand. That would be, like, that, would be a, that would be so Bills Browns too to meet in the playoffs somehow, and then it's like a nine seven game going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> like just, uh I'm already yeah. just not looking forward to it.
1: David Njoku is like the best skills position player outside of the Ravens or the Niners in the playoffs.
0: It's the like Bears. David and
1: David David Njoku and, and Jameer Gibbs. Those are the two.
0: <laughs> oh man. Do you guys feel sure. like, and I guess this is my only question about the NFL, because I haven't watched, admittedly, a lot of the NFL this year. Like, the, the quality of the product has gone down this year, and maybe that's because of the quarter play? It, back play? It's,
1: it's the quarterback. Some people, like our friend Spath, uh, Ryan, he would say that defensive play is at an all-time high, and the defenses have been able to figure something out. And you add in the fact that the refereeing has been so awful, and I think that's an interesting point to talk about, not just in football, but in all sports, because I have a – a lot of questions about some of the penalties that happened in Rangers lightning. Um, yeah. But I, the quarterback play is it's got awful, like gun to your head. Joe Flacco probably is a top 10 quarterback right now. And while some of that is a compliment to Joe Flacco, more of that is an, a damnation of quarterbacks. Like Jaron Hall started a must win game for the Vikings and the Vikings had no choice.
2: Yeah, there's been so many injuries this year. And then the start of the season, good teams were supposed to be good and they weren't, and bad teams suddenly came up out of nowhere. It was just a really odd year.
0: Even the Chiefs, like they're on every commercial,
2: literally well, every commercial,
0: and they're still not. It's such a
2: shame they're bad. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You...
0: <laughs> I get that. Rob, I appreciate you taking the time on New Year's, man. I really appreciate it. And uh anything you want to plug? Probably not.
2: Nope. Uh Sweet. Go Rangers. Glad to talk to you guys. Always 20, pleasure, 24 man. everybody talk soon
0: and we're back okay uh five star questions thanks for rob for coming on of course if you want to leave five star question on the show you can subscribe to the patreon go to the five star questions channel and i will read it on the show uh i don't know if you ended up seeing this one greg or you're around for this controversy but i like this question this is from okay so anyway why did the ranger social media ai shot photoshop a shirt on will cooley in the hat photo in the Sabres game. Is it because he has, he has some wild tattoo across his chest? And if yes, what is the tattoo? I don't know why they did it. I actually don't. I can't even tell you. I think yeah. it was just because they didn't want a shirtless guy on the picture.
1: I have yeah, no idea. I legit... I don't know. Um, and it's it's... It's... I don't know what's wilder. Them not wanting a shirtless guy on their timeline. Which I guess I understand from... Any other organizational standpoint, like I wouldn't, as a social media manager for a company, I would not put any of our male regional directors a picture of them shirtless on our timeline. I get that, but I'm also not a professional sports team, uh, so I think it's different. But the real question to me is, why did they like the picture so much that they felt like they had to use that picture so then they created an ai shirt to put over him hence creating this really dumb conversation but it's just this is another example of there are ways to avoid things very easily we would have never known that picture existed until they put it on our timeline and then everyone was like Wait, the fuck is this
0: yeah really like i have no idea didn't have to post it didn't have to post uh, it uh this is from tag to Shamus. Why did the Securities Exchange Commission intervene in the Fox Power Play over the second I make a DraftKings account? And this is from <laughs> December 27th. So it did hit
1: afterwards. I know, but it was, I think, 0 for 3 at that point. It was.
0: I'm um, uh, sorry. Hopefully you uh, – I saw somebody said they made $400 on it. <laughs> I think it was the Blue Shirts banter account. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. Tip your waiters. All I'm saying. Uh, this is uh, from Liv Laugh Lavvy. Saw a bunch of folks on saying on Truba that Truba's wife is going to labor was the reason for Truba didn't return. Is Dr. Truba pregnant? I believe that she is. I'm not up on this. Uh, But I do know that Truba had, obviously, a precaution uh, concussion spot, and he played the next game, so he's totally fine.
1: Hey, you want to know what's definitely not my business?
0: (laughs) That? This is from AZK. On the scale of 1 to 10, how stupid would it be to put Key on the power play, not in the QB role? Just let him rip shops on power play, too. Uh, I think Gustafson is just so goddamn good. As well, that Keandre Miller has played himself into power play two in the future. But as long as Gustin's here, I don't see why he he should be the second defenseman. Like he he might as well be the second defenseman on power play two. But again, power play two gets like twenty six seconds a game.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I who would I rather have out on a power on a man advantage situation, Jimmy VC or Keandre Miller? It's probably Keandre Miller. But at the same time, we we've done this dance many 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 times before where. I honestly don't care who's on power play two because my concern is power play one as it should be. It's great.
0: This from Roger that. uh, And I just want to echo that. We kind of talked about this already. I know it's a small sample size, but Fox Miller passing on the blue line feed to Laffy looked great. What are your thoughts on giving Fox Miller a few shifts here or there? Uh, Yeah, we would love that. We would love that. But the team is also winning every single game for the most part. So we're not going to touch the money.
1: You know, it's, it, it's the age-old question of what's better for your lineup: making it longer or or stacking it. Is it better for the Rangers to have forty-five minutes a night where one of Fox and Miller is on the ice, or is it better for the Rangers to have twenty-four minutes a night where both of them are on the ice at the same time? I don't. I, there are arguments that can be made for both. Uh, I, I, it's hard. It, it, it's difficult. I. I don't think there's a clear cut and dry answer to which one of that is all i know is it's working rangers got the best record in hockey I, i'm good I, I don't need to tinker too much
0: this is from maddie jack and it's a question i know he wrote because he wants me to read one word and i hate him um mm. so this is how this will go maddie jack ryan on the last ot you spoke about how missing star players for limited amounts of time dissolves the myopia by triggering a search for new routines, do you think something similar will occur to a lesser extent if slash when Kako or Hedl return? Big fan of the show. Thanks. Thanks, Maddie. Uh, <laughs> asshole. Uh, uh, they look, it's star players being out is the, is, is how that works. No, I don't think Kako and Hedl are star players, but I will say this has given Johnny Brzezinski a lot more reps to be uh, competent at an NHL level that he would have ever gotten if both those players were healthy. And maybe he's a key in the the
1: playoffs. Who knows at this point? Are you excited for how difficult the who should come out of the Rangers lineup, Johnny Brzezinski or Tyler Pitlick conversation is going to be?
0: Yes, I actually am. (laughs) Uh, And I I, I don't. I I think the answer is Pitlick, but he's incredible on that fourth line. So I don't I don't know where to go from here.
1: Is the answer Pitlick?
0: It's a good conversation. It's it's a ridiculous conversation. Not willing to have currently. Should the Rangers
1: Um, should the Rangers go 13 five? And take Braden Schneider out of the lineup.
0: No, sir. He's been sick as well. Uh, this is from Cole. Rank the top five sexiest goals Keiondre Miller has scored based on how much they've turned you on. Uh, it is number one, the Dallas goal last year. In over, uh, Not in overtime, with four seconds or 0.8 seconds left, I yeah, believe. That,
1: that goal is a core memory for me because I was on Jeff's bachelor party in Vegas.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I the of goal was fucking sick. There was a lot of them, man. I, mean, uh, I can't rank all of them.
1: Do you want to do a quick bachelor party story? Sure. Uh, I I have a. It, it's more of a, a question. Place. I need you to place odds. I, you're familiar that this year Belmont is under construction, so the Belmont Stakes is coming to Saratoga. You're fucked. Uh, no. Well, you, let me finish. You're You're going there. <laughs> well, of okay. course, but let me finish. That is the same weekend as our friend John's bachelor party?
0: Oh my god, never mind.
1: He is we're going to Oneida Lake, I believe, which is 2 hours away. What would oh. you put the odds of me, someone who is in John's wedding, so I need to show up for him. Leaving.
0: <laughs> 8 out of 10? I literally think it would it's minus minus 400. Yeah, like...
1: I think that's fair. Uh our our friend Vin who's been on the show, uh he quickly texted me when the news came out and he's like i'm gonna say this jokingly but you can tell me if i shouldn't be joking what a weekend to be away from saratoga right and i was like oh i'll be away are you sure yeah Me?
0: it's it's sort of like hey i'm just leaving for two hours i'll be right back and you come back at night you're like where were you all day you're like ah, oh, nowhere, guys just <laughs> i got lost going out for beer that's so strange anyway i'm back
1: yeah. did i miss uh, anything I'm gonna go pick up milk real quick guys i'll be right <laughs> what back a,
0: what a father meat line crazy um that is from jay white happy new year lads what is the ranger fan base new year's resolution uh just enjoy the shit out of this team. If yeah. you're not enjoying the shit out of this team, you are not loving sports the right way. Maybe fucking this, relax.
1: Like, yeah, I chill and
0: chill and enjoy this ride, because
2: it is sick.
1: I as great as the lightning game was, I saw enough people bitching and moaning about how the Panther game started to once again just ask openly why some people do this. It, like, he, there just has to be something else they could be doing to make them happy.
0: I think I even made a snarky remark, like, Hey, I can't believe our Tammy Panarin just got us back into the game. That's so weird. Oh wow. Uh, this is from Brett Lee. Does this team remind you more of last year's team or the 21-22 team? Definitely the 21-22 team. There was more good vibes around that team than last year. Last year, there was a lot of bad vibes, despite finishing with an obscene amount of points. I don't think,
1: I don't think the vibes were great in 21-22 either, though. Till the end. We kind of stunk at end. 5v5 the entire way. We-
0: that's fair. And it's not like the kids were really doing much.
1: No, and while we liked the Andrew Kopp and Frank Vetrano moves, it's not like the Rangers knocked our socks off at the deadline.
0: <laughs> I thought they did. <laughs>
1: they, they were amazing. No, it, it, they ended up being amazing, but I think the day the Andrew Kopp trade was announced, I don't think you and I came onto this podcast and started stroking.
0: No, we weren't. I The Vlad thing we were very excited about. Yeah. so. That was last year. I know um this is from suck my caco nice oh. <laughs> well he'll likely out for the season Does say that who's the one player you'd want to see in new york is right wing or c more important i think we've talked about this and center is definitely more important
1: um, it would be nice to get someone who could do both which is why for the next three four five six seven weeks you're going to hear lindholm's name from people who are going to be fantasy booking and if Lindholm is
0: if Heedle's out for the season and they can use his money, Lindholm will be the person they go to try and get. But I also think the Rangers don't have maybe the prospects that might take it to get a Lindholm. It depends yeah, on how the Flames handle also, it.
1: Well, yeah, you also need the Flames to admit that they're not going to be anything special and blow it up. And I don't really think there's a whole lot of signs to point to them to do that.
0: Even though every single player has told them publicly, we want to leave.
1: Yeah, the, the thing is, if the Flames have the most valuable player that could potentially be available, which is Jacob Markstrom. So if the flames do want to blow it up, they could reset their entire franchise with two or three moves. And that doesn't even, they won't even have to trade Huberdo to do it, but well, yeah, I don't know. Trading
0: Huberto might be a little bit
1: difficult. Yeah, it might be impossible. <laughs> I would unless, say impossible. Unless it's to Montreal. Oh, I
0: don't know. Still, uh, well, Jeff Gordon, who knows? Mm, Uh, This is from Mr. Plumber Drums. Coming off a hat trick, I have to ask, is Panarin the only Ranger who's figured out that you could shoot the blocker side? I think he's the only one, Mm. but he's maybe the most talented, so he could do it whenever he wants.
1: That's (laughs) that's probably the answer. He can put the puck wherever he wants it. I don't know if there's other Rangers who can do that. He can shoot Jim. puck
0: hard, like yeah. shoot
1: puck really hard, mm-hmm.
0: but I'm not sure his accuracy is the same level as Panarin. No. Aaron's a wizard.
1: Yeah, it, it's, yeah.
0: This is from Cole again. Since Benito is a black hole on the ice, should Truba Miller be out on that on that line with Miller, jumping up as a winger so as he can keep up with Cools and Brozinski, while Bonino takes his spot on D? Oh, that's interesting. Like a, like a rotating sort of situation?
1: I uh, think it's also a little unfair to call Bonino a black hole. I don't think it's black super
0: hole. slow, but I, I mean, have you seen the amount of shots he blocks? There's no reason he could skate. This guy blocks so many shots. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I like, I, I'm not prepared to ever sound like I think Nick Bonino is a problem and not in the, uh, the, the 2020s way of saying, Oh, player X is a problem. Uh, when I actually mean it's a good thing. <laughs> that shit. Yeah. I, I, God, I always love when a new player emerges as a problem. Uh, Hey, you want to talk O.J. Ananobi really quick?
0: Yeah, we could do that. Uh, look, I, I do follow the NBA pretty closely through a lot of podcasts. I don't mm. watch as many games as a traditional fan does these days. Uh, I've seen O.J. An Obi play. Uh, his agent is Leon Rose's son. Mm. Well, so, what <laughs> uh, makes you think, question uh, mark? I do think the Knicks paid a lot. I like quickly more than most, but I also think a lot of Knicks fans like quickly. And I was RJ Barrett a depressed asset. I guess that's kind of De- my question.
1: Depressed, no. I think Knicks fans to me, uh, I, what do you think is where on the list of things Greg's known for on this podcast? Would you put prospect hugging? I think it's like probably six or seven. High up there for me, though, right? It, it's high. Yeah. You have a you have
0: things you're more stern on, but it's in the top 10.
1: Yeah. I, but I think RJ Barrett is like the perfect encapsulation of prospect hugging where Knicks fans feel RJ Barrett is one type of player and the 29 other fan bases in the NBA view him completely differently and the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle he is a fine player uh if you look back at the 2019 draft i did i did this game with our friends can you guess how many players from the 2019 draft have made an all-star game is it one it's 3 is it just Ja Ja Zion Darius Garland is the third Garland's a good one. The fourth all-star from that draft could possibly be Kobe White this year, and then that—that's it. it. Like, so for people to be like R.J. Barrett's a bust, I think you are crazy. No, he's not.
0: He's not a bust.
1: He's an NBA player. He averages eighteen points a game, but the problem is he doesn't really do any one thing exceptionally well. So he's not a great defender. He's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great finisher. He's kind of just a solid NBA player. But if you are the Knicks. You got plenty of solid NBA players. You need difference makers. And when you have a Jalen Brunson and a Julius Randle, you need to surround them with guys who do that one thing exceptionally well. And with O.J., O.J., O.G., uh, (laughs) O.J.'s one exceptional thing is uh, (laughs) uh, shredding men-to-man defense, right? Yes, Uh, yes. O.G.'s one incredible thing is wing defense. He's an elite defender. He was all-defense NBA last year. So if – I, the Rangers don't need it. the difference from, I think, their per 36 the numbers. Yeah, what did I say? The Rangers? The Rangers, yeah. Wow. Well, the Rangers also don't need it. They don't uh, need an OG.
0: They need, they need RG Barrett. That's yeah,
1: true. It, it's like I think five points per 36, the difference offensively from Barrett to OG, but he's going to make the Rangers' defense better. The real question Knicks. is, how are they? Re- oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> the question is, how are they replacing Quickly's bench scoring? And that's what I want to see. I they, guess
0: they didn't want to pay quickly. That was sort of the deal. Like they don't also, want to give him this long-term extension.
1: Yeah, the, the the hard truth is, should they? Are you really going to play? How much money can you pay a guy to not be in your crunch time lineup because he isn't a good fit next to Jalen Brunson? You have to
0: hand him like $100 million? Yeah, you'd have to pay him more than you're paying Brunson. They're going to pay OG that money. Uh, Og like they probably have a pretty good idea if he's going to extend or not, even though he's a free agent.
1: Well, you, just my you, you opinion. You think Leon at Thanksgiving is talking to his son about I what hope, his client
0: just wants? Just I don't know. Not tampering, but uh, look, I don't talk to my dad, so maybe that's the situation. <laughs> I,
1: I, I saw I saw a really good tweet the other day where um, it was like kids in the '90s. Whoa, the Lakers traded for Shaq. Kids today. Well, OG is a CAA client, and the Knicks are essentially run by CAA. So this makes a lot of sense for them to go out there and target someone that has same ties to Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, blah blah. And I was like, huh, yeah, maybe we do know too much. This is possible. maybe we do. Maybe it's more fun if we just shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all woke up one day and Shaq was a Laker, and we we're like, whoa, whoa, Shaq's a Laker? That's sick. That's crazy. And today we're like. What do you think it's going to look like? How could Shaq
0: and Kobe play together?
1: Meanwhile, is Shohei Otani on that airplane? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God,
0: the Dodgers. Uh, uh, Back to the questions. This is from, uh, from also,
1: hey, before the next question, Mm -hmm. collective Mm -hmm. fuck you to the Boston Red Sox, right?
0: For which? Both. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, they took the funny away from us with Lucas Giolito. Agreed, and then they—they, you know, Chris Sale's winning twenty games next year. You, dude, it's a
0: lot. <laughs> what, what can I bet it now? Like, he's—he's <laughs> he's gonna be like, it's Chris Sale. He's in the seventh inning. He's throwing ninety-eight, and he has eleven strikeouts. i like, okay, uh,
1: <laughs> hey, Red Sox, what happened? I thought you needed starting pitching. Do you, you think traded Chris for Vaughn Grissom? Do you think Chris Sale is a Hall of Famer?
0: No, missed too much time.
1: So his first six years, uh, he went on a seven-year run, seven times, seven straight All-Star games. Six straight top five Cy Young finishes, and you can make a great case that Blake Snell's first Cy Young year probably should have went to Sale.
0: You can make that case for sure. Uh, the, my my argument with this is I think Degrom is
1: uh, like borderline, and I, I do think he's a yes. But the the, different, the and the difference between Degrom and Sale is there was no question Jacob Degrom was the best pitcher in baseball for three years straight. Well, more than, it was probably more like five. But okay, ja- but. There Jacob, was, no he, question. He was the best. Whereas Chris Sale was, without question, one of the five best.
0: Again, not a Mets fan. I had to watch Jacob deGrom starts. Yes. He was like, hey, I have to turn it on. Jacob deGrom's throwing 102. It's the seventh time he's done that this inning.
1: He, <laughs> it's like, okay.
2: Another term, yeah, have to do this.
1: Another term we do throw around way too much is generational. But that is what Jacob deGrom was at his peak. Absolutely. He was Chris one was of never. one. Chris Sale yeah. was never that. I I just think Chris Sale. I, I I think his career B war is above forty seven, and those that six year peak is so good. I I mostly asked the question because I do wonder when we are going to the injuries are happening so often with pitchers where we stop trying to have the career reflection and really just talk about dudes at their peaks.
0: the The sustained peak matters. I, I, you got to do it, does, it for at least five
1: years. Six is a long time. And Chris it Sale is. was that guy for six years.
0: That is a long time. I, I just think if I try to be pretty strict on the Hall of Fame, I know you do too. I just think the Hockey Hall of Fame and other places should do the same. Like there is some sort of integrity. I know that's loserish. I know that like there's a lot of feelings. Maybe, like if somebody was a name, they should probably be in there if their story of baseball. Chris Sale is borderline Hall of Extremely Good sort of situation. But I don't think he's a Hall of Famer.
1: I just. It's hard because had we had this conversation twenty nineteen, his last truly healthy season, we'd say yes. We'd probably say he's on track. Something would have to go terribly wrong for him not to get and in. Oh boy, did it! Oh boy, has it!
0: But look, he got the ring. Like what? You, what else? He got it.
1: He, it, I, it it's always like, like not David Wright in twenty twelve. We would have said something has to go terribly wrong for David Wright not to get in the Hall of Fame, and he broke his back. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. It went terribly wrong. This is from Jess Gypsy. Give
0: us some New York Rangers resolutions. Pick a few players. It doesn't need to be a whole team. I'll just do it for the whole team. Sorry.
1: Uh, don't get fucking injured. Stay healthy.
0: Mm. That's it. That's my only resolution. Everything else is stay the same.
1: I do think Criders is to kill a man with his bare hands. <laughs> or, sorry, a bear. the oh, um, d- 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 d-
0: yeah, see? All right, this next question is from Maximus. Who is more to blame for the last year's early playoff exit, Glant, Mika, or Panarin's hair? I'm, so, I'm uh, just in, in it to blame Gerard Glant. to be honest with you.
1: Uh, no. Mika Zivinijad also stunk it up. N- nobody made an adjustment, okay? And I'm, you're, you're either a slave to the idea that coaching is the most important thing And therefore, these players are mindless drones that without a game plan will not adjust. And you can blame only Gerard Gallant. I am of the opinion that players need to be responsible for their own play when they're on the ice. And yes, what's the the old saying? Um, A great coach helps a team improve 5%. A bad coach decreases a team by 20%. I believe that to my core. At the same time... The players, Adam Fox was horrific in game seven. I, I Shistarkin so could only do so much. Mika Zibanejad was bad all seven games. Artemi Panarin was invisible for most games. The New York Rangers, as a team, did not play well. Could good coaching have helped them against that Devils team last year? Absolutely. It went seven games without a coach. It makes you think that they could have done something differently had they been better prepared and better game plan for the New Jersey Devils. But I'm also not going to excuse individual player performances from the New York Rangers. They played terribly. They deserve some of the blame. It is not it all to land.
0: It was everyone. Uh this is from True Train. Is there any line combos you'd like to try out before the playoffs to see if they work? Or are these lines working? We don't want to mess with the vibes. I'm big time. Don't touch the money right now. But it all depends when Kaka comes back. That is the real question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really need... I don't need to see Will Cooley moved up to play on the right side with... Will Mika Cooley's Kreider. been so
0: impressive on that third line. I just, just keep it running.
1: Yeah, and I don't need to see Jimmy VCB be moved up. I don't need to see the defensive pairs be switched up. I'm like, fine. If an injury happens and the, we need to start putting pieces in replacement parts and all that, great. I'm here for that conversation. But health aside, I'm all right don't if it ain't broke don't break it
0: this is from mr bang bang who's selling oats with who on the rangers <laughs> roster so who, uh. <laughs> uh no comment at this time for uh for protecting this podcast's integrity mm. um this is from hong kong harrison guys thank you for the holiday episodes unlike other pods hashtag no days off that's right everybody that's right um the question is limited options of centers to trade for more options for two-year rentals. Your thoughts on Yanni Gord as a two-year rental at discount, 5.2 million. So 2.6 at 50%. Realistic type of player to add is, is often the only untouchable prospect. No, Gabe Perot is untouchable, my friend. Uh, and I don't think Yanni Gord is... I also don't think the Rangers are looking to add salary more than just this year. They have a lot of money to spend this offseason, my dude. <laughs> Ryan lingren has got to get re-signed. Capococco has to get re-signed. Uh, there is a, a lot of work to be done. And I, I don't think they are going to try and sign anybody that's, that's signed for more than two years. I'm assuming you're the same way, Greg.
1: Yeah, I, the only thing I disagree with is I think you're fucking nuts that you wouldn't trade Gabe Perot. Not for I Yanni would. Gord. I, again... It has to be the right player. has sh- to be the right player. Sure, but there are plenty of players I would trade Gabe Perot for.
0: I would trade trade Othman way before I would trade Gabe Perreault. Way if
1: Gabe Perot was all I had to give up for Lindholm, you know who's going to learn fucking Calgary? Yeah, <laughs> <K-Pro. laughs> escape yeah.
0: I I think the Rangers are looking to keep those two players though for long-term cheap options. Yeah, no shit. It's, but no, no I shit. Just,
1: off limits. Grow up. That's all. I, for every yeah, sport it's, and it's every not prospect. a
0: Lafreniere. It's not. It's not a. It's not that situation.
1: Dude, there are Yankee fans being like, I would not trade Jason Dominguez for Juan Soto. Eat, eat, Yo, eat you, I, yeah, come on, dude. Eat and shit. you didn't. You didn't have to. You didn't great. have to. But for you to be like, I don't know. I don't
0: know. Juan Soto of is, is... That's a generational play. Yeah, one, one's a
1: boat, one's a mystery box. And sometimes that mystery box might become a boat.
0: This is from Ali. Loves the Rangers. Headed into the new year, almost halfway through the season, who is the MVP as of now, and who is your most improved to date, and who is going to get even better in 2024? Uh, Panarin is the MVP. Is it possible Who's... he's all three? Shit. I don't know if he can get better.
1: Because the whenever... No, but whenever anyone says most improved, we do think it was a player that used to be bad that is now good. But Will Cooley, well, but, no, that's unfair to Will Cooley. He was nothing last year, and now he's that's something. That's true. I, I don't know if he's improved. I just know he's playing. Bruce whereas Snyder Artemi, is in
0: in a case for that. I sure. Think.
1: I just what you ex- Artemis Panarin is exceeding expectations. Last year he did not meet expectations. Is the gap from Panarin's letdown season to this heart? Caliber season actually the most improved. It's possible. Yes.
2: yes.
0: It's the most improved, but it is is he gonna get even better in 2024? That's hard.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, he's just, I still I don't think
0: know. about the question all the time of who's going to have more points at the end of the season, the Rangers or Panarin. It's like the, the best question of the season. The
1: easiest answer is what player has exceeded expectations the most. It's Jonathan Quick. He's lost once it's in regulation. Not even close. <laughs>
0: it's not even you know, people were ready to burn the entire team down in the preseason. It's not close. <laughs>
1: remember do you remember the preseason? No, dude, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it Alex, Alexi Lafreniere sucked. Couldn't he get sucked. couldn't get a 4th round draft pick for him in trade. Uh Quick is a nightmare. There's Quick. no way
0: even, uh, Ben Warler could fix him. Surprise.
1: What, I, I believe, like, locker room cancer was being thrown around with Quick, wasn't that That is correct. That yeah. was One or two things, yes. God. The- it's oh, bad. Man, I, I've i had a lot of shitty takes on this show. You do the show long enough, you have a lot of bad takes. Of course. No take you and I have ever been more aligned with than shut the fuck up about the preseason. It's fucking meaningless. <laughs> like it's you and I would come on every Monday for four straight Mondays. And we'd be like, guys, shut I up couldn't it. possibly I care don't, less.
0: I don't care. I could not care less. And then honestly, it was all like, yeah, those guys were right.
1: Nice. We, we were essentially going out of our way to tell people to not watch hockey in the preseason. There was We were like, on. hey, look,
0: I know you probably, some of you might pay this show monthly. Do not watch these games. <laughs> <Do
1: not care. laughs> they could not be. They could not carry less meaning if they fucking tried.
0: That's true. Uh, This is from Graham. Are sometimes leaky defense due to forwards, defensemen, goalies, puck luck, or the nature of hockey? I think are sometimes leaky defenses due to the team being extremely aggressive this year and uh, putting their foot to the pedal to the metal a lot of the times. And sometimes it's just the state of the game. There's a lot of chaos in hockey. I'm going to go with just the nature of hockey.
1: Yeah. The Rangers are an aggressive forechecking team, and sometimes that comes to bite you when you lose the puck. Yep, but and the, then you get... Yeah, and it, you know, I, you play to your caliber of goaltender. I'd rather the Rangers be super aggressive because if there is an odd man rush, more times than not, I'm confident Igor your is going to keep the puck out of the net.
0: Last question from Nikki Chu. Valaket's data and analysis seems incredible. Do you think the team uses him as an advisor? I do believe they... I, I think CSA, which is his company, uh, advises for other teams as well. But I can't be sure. One day we'll have to ask him, Greg. One day we'll have to ask him. <laughs> All right. That's been the show. If you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Orion You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back with DSP sometime later this week. Uh, Sebastian Aho has been incredible as of, as of late. He has been he was the number one star of the week last week. Number two is Artemi Panarin. They meet on Tuesday night. Stay tuned. Turn into MSG. There you go. That was a nice little ad. Mm. and uh anything else for you greg
1: no i'm fucking tired dude i'm i am yep. i'm fucking washed i i went out the night before new year's eve and then i last night ryan i think the first time in my life i stayed over at our buddy spats third mention spath gets on this podcast wow what a, jesus what Christ. a day for spath. Uh i stayed over at his place Supporter of the show what happened I, don't know. <laughs> I stayed over at his place on new year's eve last night not because i was too drunk to drive home but because I was too fucking tired to drive just home. I like,
0: hey, man, can I just sleep here? It's 1030.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, fun like part, it. you know. But do you mind if I just close my eyes for a little bit and maybe leave at 630 in the morning? I'm I, i, I
0: I'm not a nap guy. I'm pretty anti-nap. Mm. Uh, I've napped the last three days. That's how I know it's bad. Yeah. So I thought I, I was just... going to use this break to recover. Uh, Did not happen.
1: So there you go. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's like a normal week again next week. <sighs> God. <laughs> All right. We're...
0: Uh, we'll be back later this week. Uh, actually, I'll be at the game on Thursday. So if you're there, say hello, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show, so I want to thank our NHL Insider Club members for being a huge part of supporting this show, especially starting off in 2024. Last week, I thanked them and mispronounced some of their names. I will do exactly the same again. So, without further ado, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Garner, Amber Collinsburg, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Montoro, Anthony Tedder, T- 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 Greta Ari Zanger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Allson, Bill Rattel, Brandon Latkos, Brandon Magnum, Breck Ranger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Doherty, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Farrell Cassidy, Cassidy Rollman, CJ, C- Chris Howarus, CJ Stellwagen, Connor Rippe, Daniel Delaney, Daniel Dezen, David Narrod and David Siegel. DJ Banana Jazz, Derek Bretschneider, not Schneider, Eric Stagg, Garrett Raines, Greg, Harrison Hasco, Hella Vanilla, Hippity9, Jack Bagley, Jack Rogan, Jake Keith, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, Jason Stumer, Jason Zombrasky, Going to the next page, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Jay, Josh White, Chris from Florida, cried or die, Christoph Berg, Lee Plummer, Leshik Gronowski, Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Paul the CAC, Mike Koenig, Mike, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Mankuzu, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hanafy Neil Grover, Palms for Prez, Nicholas Nicola, other slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel, Phoenix Ignition, PJ Sisparo, Randy Tester, Ryan Watch, Miracle, Swangar at the Drop, BK Tommy Saclary Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy O'Neill, Tony Gregory, Turf, Manhattan, Vinny Brockto, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. What is my New Year's resolution? Uh, I'm going to try and read again. I feel like I've lost the ability to read. If you listen to the show, you know I cannot read. Trying to figure that out. I'm going to get back in shape, best shape of my life. I'm going to try and eat better, and all of these things will fall off in about... Three days, and I will be back to only watching Rangers hockey and just wanting this freaking team to win a cup. I just, it's been a hard weekend for me in a weird way because, I don't know, I was very emotional after the Tampa Bay Lightning game. They won 5-1. Look, I'm being irrational here. Stick with me. I'm being irrational. But I was thinking about a lot of the players, and man, I just need these guys to be legends. I just need them to be talked about in the same air, that Mark Bessie has talked about. I want to be like, and Artemi Panarin chose the Rangers and he came here and they fucking did it. I need that. I need it. And I'm thinking about it a lot. It's really hard to process to be honest because they're the best team in the league now, but we all know how form comes and goes throughout the NHL. And it really is who was the healthiest and who had the easiest road to the cup, right? So we've sort of seen this time and time again, Whether your talent just wins out like the avalanche Uh, but even like the Florida Panthers last year, they got hot at the right time. They made the run and they were stayed, they stayed healthy until they didn't. And then they had, they weren't healthy. And the Vegas Golden Knights faced pretty much nobody. I mean, I'm I'm demeaning the rest of the NHL, but they, they had a much easier round, uh, uh, go at it to the cup final. And by the time they got there, they were healthy and they were able to do it. So good for them. But the Rangers need to be that team this year. And I'm sort of believing more than I want to. So love you guys and we'll see you guys later this week. Bye.